Genesis chapter 8. You know, it's hard to preach in this church after guest speakers because they upset everything. They upset the flow. You, you can't get a series going because it stops and, and then you don't remember what you were preaching on. Especially after Mark Hankins, you know, you don't know what you were preaching on after Mark. Somebody shout, hallelujah. So, yeah. So Genesis 8, um, I want to read a scripture. Well, I'll just get into it when I get into it. Genesis 8, 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. God set up a principle in the Bible that there would always be a seed time and a harvest. As a matter of fact, everything on the earth operates this way physically and spiritually. Once you understand that, then the Bible unlocks for you. Then things that you used to think were hard, you didn't know how to acquire them. So in the book of Genesis, God said, I have given you every yield-bearing, seed-bearing fruit, and the seed is in the fruit. So that means if you got an apple and you ate it, there was a, there's seed in there to start another set of apple trees that would never end for eternity. Same thing is true with corn. Same thing is true with a dog. Everything that God made has a seed in it. And then Jesus comes along, and let's go over to Luke chapter 8. And he said, the word of God is a seed. And you know, when you stop and think about that, you think, well, wait a minute, that makes this easy. It makes it easy. Now, let me make a statement to you because I want to un, unscramble something that messes with people's heads. Very often, when you're asking God for something, like a piece of furniture, you get a little dismayed when he hands you an acorn. And you're thinking, wait a second, that's going to take me 20 years. Or if you're waiting for some food and he hands you a bag of tomato seeds, corn or wheat. God, when he put the garden in, now let me, let me make a statement here. I want you to think about this. He never told you to create another apple tree, did he? Did he ever tell you to create corn? Did he ever ask you to use your mouth and create food? Do you know you don't have to create healing? You don't have to create prosperity. You don't have to create anything. See, we talk about the tongue being a creative force. It isn't really. It's a planter. The word is a seed. So whenever you ask God for something like healing, he will hand it to you in seed form. And it has the power. So when you wanted to be born again and you did not know the Lord, and whenever you know, someone started praying for you, God sent people by to give you the word of God in seed form and it started sowing it down in your heart. And you kept hearing it 
and you would hear it and you'd hear it. And one day that thing sprouted and all of a sudden John 3, 16 sprouted and you were born again and that seed reproduced after itself. Now, there are people who believe that's the only scripture in the Bible is John 3, 16. It's the only seed in the Bible. I'm being facetious. No, there's a lot of other seeds in the Bible. So one day you found out, well, wait a minute, there's, there's, a, there's an Acts 2, 4 seed in here. And, and you started reading it. Now, you know, I got this, I got this desire. I like to preach in a Baptist church. I would like to get an invite to a Baptist church. You want to go with me? Can I ask y'all a question? Would it benefit them? Do they know it? No. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the word, Jesus gave us everything in seed form. So that everything you've ever wanted in life. He has sent it to you, but you either did not know what to do with the seed or the ground wasn't ready. I'm going to read this. I want you all to read this with me because this takes the mystery out of why didn't God answer my prayer? God, God answered every prayer you've ever prayed. That's, that's encouraging. All right, let's read what he said. It says, a sower went out to sow seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and was trampled down. The birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on a rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it was withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns, lacked, the thorns sprang up, and it, and, it, and it lacked fluids, so it choked it. Others fell on good ground. It yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he said these things, he who has ears to hear, let him hear it. Amen. All right, now let's go back. I grew up in a Baptist church. I'm not anti-Baptist. I mean, we have a few Baptocostals in here. Mess with Baptist. But in all reality, I know of people in different churches that I would like to say some things, but I don't think they can hear it. All right? In our society today, do we hate homosexuals? We do not. No. I don't hate homosexuals. Do I hate homosexuality? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to preach in their convention. I would love it. I would be very loving, very kind, and very honest. Because they will never get free until someone gives them truth. And that's where we're going to go today with truth. The reason we have 80 or 90, 100 denominations is because we have people today that can't hear some things. They can't hear it. Now, before we start picking on the Baptist, are there areas of our Bible that this modern day charismatic movement can't hear? Are there things that you don't like to hear? Yes, there is. And, and there are things that when I'm preaching, I will spoon feed you. Because 
if I give you more than 30 seconds of it, you'll choke to death. And I'll lose you as a member of this church. You'll quit coming. But yet, unless I give you truth, I can't get you free. I got to watch you stay in bondage until I can get you to hear what you need to hear. Now, here, here is the problem in America and our churches today. And it's a problem in this one. Jesus just got through saying that the, that the seed, there's nothing wrong with the seed of the word of God. Every problem that we're reading about is soil related. So if I come out in your backyard and I see a garden out there and you've got boulders in it, I'm going to look at you and go, what is this? Oh, yeah, there's some rocks out there. No, there's not just some rocks. You need to get them out of this garden. Now, now, when we say rocks, nobody, nobody has a problem with rocks. But if I came along and said, you really need to get lukewarm apathy out of your life. You Sunday morning only bunch of groups that can't come any other time. See, now, whoa, Pastor, wait, back up right now, back up, Jack, because, I mean, you know, I have a job, and, uh, yeah, we want to talk about that some more, too. But I can't go more than, like, a minute. Then I got to do a Jesse the Planet's laugh or something like that because I will lose you. But those, listen, you're, you're praying about stuff. And you're wanting to know why, God, why? And I mean, you got a garden full of rocks and weeds and boulders and all kinds of junk in your life, and it's got to get cleaned out. America today does not like hearing the truth. Washington don't want to hear no truth. I'm so tired of hearing about this gun crap. I like, you, don't tell me you that stupid. When there's three cops outside the school wait, listening to the gunfire, you, you, don't, you don't want me to deal with those guys. They get more than laid off. And I don't know about that's called a coward. Excuse me, a little truth. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you mad. But I mean, but people, it's like we got our fingers in our ears and we're screaming. Nobody wants to sit down and have a, a debate, talk about something. Maybe, maybe somebody has a different opinion than you. Now, I told you I was going to tell on the mayor. Let's tell on the mayor. I got John Stenberger coming to do the. Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. John Stember is the president of the um, Florida Family Council, and he is in a hot debate with the LGBT right now. And so the mayor looked at me and said, is this uh, prayer breakfast for everyone? And I said, yes, it's for everybody who wants to come. Nobody told the LGBT they can't come. He said, yeah, but are they welcome? Are they going to feel welcome? Well, I don't know how they're going to feel. In other words, we need to quit saying anything that bothers anybody. That's the problem in this nation. I think we need to have some talks where when we leave, you didn't like it. 
suck it up and go think about it for a while and grow up and get over your bad self. We called it parenting when I was a kid. Now, I don't know whether y'all need believe in this whooping thing, but when I was a kid, when the principal whooped me and my mom found out about it, she whooped me. But you know, she didn't whoop me because of what I did. She whooped me because I embarrassed her. The principal had to whoop me. Not in schools anymore. You get whooped in school, parents will sue you. We need to have some good heart-to-heart talks with some people in this nation. Now, I don't know how I got off on politics, but please just forgive me. <coughs> but we don't talk anymore. We don't want to hear anything other than what we, we got our group and that's what we believe. And we couldn't possibly sit in a church and listen to somebody preach something we didn't agree with. And give them some respect. If you want to come to the meeting and John Stenberger is going to get up and talk about the fact that he don't believe in gay marriage, well, then just sit down and shut up and disagree with him. But don't, you don't, everybody don't have to make you feel good. And while we're on the subject, nobody ever told you that church was supposed to make you feel good. If you're going to hear truth, you're going to leave church upset sometimes. Not all the time. The Bible says through, the law came through Moses, grace and truth. Don't give them truth every Sunday. You kill everybody. Especially the youth pastor. So that's why he said grace and truth. Sometimes you need some grace. How much God loves you. How wonderful you are. You're a new creation. Now, let's straighten up. Well, y'all are amen and better than the first service. I wish I'd have done this one first. (laughs) He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The disciple says, what does this parable mean? He said, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. This is the mystery of the kingdom. It's going to explain the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Seeing they may see and hearing they may not understand. (coughs) Excuse me. Now, this is the parable. The seed is the word of God. Now listen to me. There's nothing wrong with this. And I know as hard as it is for you to walk away and go, why God, why? Why God, why? Stop. It's not the seed. It's not the seed. Tomatoes produce tomatoes. Carrots make carrots. If you're planting this, in a good heart, it will come up. You are reaping what you're sowing, whether you like it or not. If you don't like eating corn, stop growing it. Now, I was a hell raiser when I was 22. You know what stopped me? I got tired of it. I got tired of hell on earth. I got tired of running from the cops. I got tired of being sick. I got tired of my marriage falling apart. I got tired of being broke. I got tired of all of that. And I made a big turn. That's the reason why I came to Jesus. That's the reason why I walked into church. It's the reason why I picked up a Bible and said, from this day forward, I will live for you. 
I'm tired of the hell I'm living in. If you can do anything with me, let's do it. Listen, that's a choice I made. It's a choice you'd make if you, the, you'll make it when you want to. But the, the circumstances are not stopping you. The only thing stopping you is your heart. So, so let me read, let me, let me say something to you now. Just listen to me very carefully. Even though every one of us in this room, prob- probably everyone, is a born-again Christian. There might be one or two or three that's not. Love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You're a new creation, new species of being. But you have a flesh. Everybody in this room has flesh. And I'm going to tell you the nature of your flesh. Your flesh is selfish. Everybody in the room, don't, don't, don't look around and go, not me. Well, then now we got flesh and pride. And everything that God wants to do, he's trying to plant his word in a heart full of selfishness. And having a tough time at it too. And so the only way to deal with it, now let's go back to my analogy of the soil in the garden. There's only one way to clean the soil out, and that's with truth. You're going to have to read scriptures you don't like. You're going to have to hear sermons you don't want to hear. One year I was praying, and every time I started praying, I started praying pride, pride, pride. And I said, Father, who am I praying for? I must be praying for Lisa. Maybe I'm praying for Josh Brown. Lord, show me. For surely it's not I. That's the truth. So I went and got Keith Moore's series on pride. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You would not believe how much pride I saw in Lisa. Listen to those tapes. But he said in the tapes, once you learn this, it's none of your business to run around telling everybody where their pride is. So I couldn't say anything to her. But you wouldn't believe how many things I found in me. But I went looking for it. Because I wanted to get my prayers answered. I thought, if there's something hindering me, I want to know what it is. Oh, honey, I found all kinds of stuff. I found out I talked about myself way too much. You know how hard that was to quit? I have it. I have gotten about 75% better. But you know, when you're sitting around a lunchroom and you're talking, telling stories, I have a story. I want to tell mine. And then Keith Moore's going, that's pride. And I'm going, mm, I want to tell my story. I can't stand this getting rid of pride stuff. And I went looking, I went looking. I find scriptures in the Bible that I don't necessarily like. I've actually had people come to me, and I'll tell you this, right after Mark Hankins, we didn't like how much he preached on money. I wonder why you, you didn't like it. Do you, would you like for me to tell him to quit for you? Maybe God used him to talk to you 
And the people that said it, I went back and found out they don't tithe. No wonder they got upset. And maybe you don't tithe. I don't know. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? <coughs> when Lisa and I first I went out to Louisiana to start running around with Mark and Trina, he bothered me. How much he preached on money, it bothered me. I had my set. Paul, I already had my tithe and my offering set. I gave my offering tithe, and my offering was around 100 sometimes $200. And I saw this whippersnapper come by me one night with a check for $20,000. And I said, that ain't right. And another one came by with 10. Another one came by with five. And I got to looking at my $200 check and I kind of folded it up. And I went home and told Lisa, I said, I didn't think I liked that sermon. Let me ask y'all a question. What was I having a problem with? I'm having a problem with me. And the word of God is truth coming at me. And and my flesh is going, I don't like this. I have a a thousand, but I have something I want to buy. And so did Lisa. So the next time we went, he preached an hour on giving again. We're not talking about his message. We're talking about just, just the offering. But I needed it. So we wrote a check for $1,000. We thought, boy, we. Well, that was big for me and Lisa. Well, we actually wrote one for the church and one for ourselves. That's when we had lunch with somebody and they handed Lisa and I a check for five grand. And, and the Lord said, I saw what you did. I went. Now, let me make a statement to y'all. Did you know that all of the vision I have for this church, I need you to write me some big checks. I need you to get over being broke. And if you don't need the money, that's fine. You just make it and give it to me. I know what to do with it. When we start working on the children's church, Let's say, it, let's say it costs $20,000. I'm going to walk in here on a Sunday morning, and I'm going to ask for 20 people to hand me 1000 bucks in this church. And, and we are going to bless these children over here. And what is this about? It's about you not being self-centered. The only way for God to break selfishness off of you is for you to get benevolent. Generous. Well, $1,000 is not a lot of money, I found out. So the next time we went out, we increased it to five. Now, honey, let me tell you what happened when that bucket went out of sight. Lisa and I looked at one another and said, there better be a God. I mean, you know, giving five, now that's, that's a hunk of change. And we watched it go out of sight and go, oh, help us, Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. The offerings in this church and the, and the money in this church doubled. Now, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell a story now, and I hope, it, I hope it's okay. When Kevin and Leslie went to Norway, 
the Lord spoke to me in that night and said, call Kevin. He doesn't have a plane ticket to get there. Now, y'all didn't know this. He's scheduled for one of the biggest meetings he's going to do all year, and he's given all of his money away. He hasn't got any. He has $300 in his checkbook. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to buy his plane ticket. I said, yes, sir, I'll do that. He said, I want you to go with him. I said, yes, sir, I'll do that. We went there, and we got his hotel. We bought his food. We drove him around, and we flipped the bill for that crusade. This church did that. And Lisa and I looked at each other and went, there better be a God. Because I'm, 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 I'm getting over being stingy. But, but there's never a convenient time to give. There isn't. There's always things we need here. Always something we need here. For me to give money that I need is very difficult. But when we came back, the offerings increased. Now, God is always going to put his finger on your selfishness. It might be church attendance. Well, I had to work. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I got quiet in this Baptist church. But until someone says things to you, your flesh is going to rule you. And you've got stuff in your life that's Stopping the word of God from working. And it won't, it won't work in your life. Because faith works by love. That's why we need to hear this. Is that too much? Uh, that's my only 30 second rebuke. Because that's as much as you can handle. Oh God. Everybody smile. Say I think he loves us. Matthew 10, go over to Matthew 10. Y'all listening so good. I love my job and I love you. Now, I'm going to say something to you and prove it. If I was after your money, I wouldn't have said what I just said. The preachers who are not preaching it are after your money. I love you too much. I know that the only way for you and I to ever be free is for us to hear the word of God. Amen. It's convenient. It may, be, cannot, it may not be convenient, but it's the only way to be free. That's right. Now, there's a lot of things in the word of God that, you know, are very good. The, the grace message, I love it. I want to read this to you. This is one of those messages. Matthew 10. Do not think I came to bring peace on earth. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. I came to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, 
and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. If you're going to live for God, you're going you're to cause some trouble. If you're, not, if you're afraid of trouble, you're not going to live for God. You might as well just go ahead and figure it out right now. If you're going to do the right thing and be right, there's going to be people in your family who's not going to like it. Because number one, you're on fire for God and you're making them look bad. He who loves his father or his mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves his son or his daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. This is not preached in America anymore. This is why we're having a problem in this nation. We're not preaching character anymore. We're not preaching right and wrong. People are afraid to say anything because they don't know what, you know, someone might not like it. But I'll tell you this, I've got friends that we've had discussions around lunch and they didn't like anything I told them. Because I brought the Bible out. And I'm talking pastors. They'd get off on a subject and I'd say, well, what are we going to do about this scripture? Well, I don't know about that scripture. Well, I don't know what I think. Oh, no matter what you think. Why aren't you doing this? Well, does that bother them? Yeah, 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 it does. Have they called me? No. Do I call them? Yeah. One of us has got to be a man. Yes, amen. There's got to be parents in the planet somewhere. I've got to have some mommies and daddies. All right, now I see that's not going. You didn't like that very much. Go to Romans chapter 12. I don't know whether this helps you or not, but learning this stuff helped me immensely. And this scripture right here is, you know, I marked it in my Bible, and I've been meditating on it for, for almost 40 years. Verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice. It's not going to lay on that altar by itself. I'm going to tell you that right now. Every one of us, including me, have trouble with my flesh. Paul said, I keep my body under. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't always want to go to church. And I'm the pastor. I, oh, I've had days when I thought, Lisa, just take it. Come on, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. You think I want to read a Bible and get a sermon for you every week? You have out of your mind. But I stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of me. I put my flesh under. I make it mine. I say, no, you're not going to watch that. Listen, I tell you, I, I, I hate it. I hate it when, when the Lord says I need you to go pray and a good movie comes on. I mean, it, why not tonight? I, there's nothing on TV because I got to pray. But no, it's a good movie. I'll just watch five minutes. 
Am I the only one in here that ever struggled with this stuff or is this? I'll tell you something yesterday, and I know y'all aren't Catholics, but Catholics believe in confessing their sins to each other. I had three of Laverne's cupcakes. I'm going to tell you that's, I can hear the devil going, you got to eat one more cupcake before you. I have not been that tempted in months. I've been on a diet. I've lost weight. And Laverne came by with her cupcake tree. And I got to tell you, I stole the first one. Nobody even said we could have one. I mean, I'm I'm sitting over here and the, the devil's going, you need to get a cupcake. I resist you. You need to get a cupcake. I resist you. You need to get a cupcake. That's how I'm going. <laughs> Laverne, you're going to have to stop this. No, it's not Laverne's fault, is it? No. Hey, what is in what are those what are those red cupcakes? That's what was in the garden. Laverne's red velvet cupcake tree. Now I know why Eve had trouble with that. Oh my god, I gotta have one of those. No, but, but, but Jesus made a statement. He says, he said, it's the, the, the seed is the word of God, but the soil is what's stopping the word from working. You, you and I have got to go out and check the soil in your heart. Guard your heart for out of it are the issues of your life. You've got to read the word of God and you've got to meditate on the stuff that God's saying so that you'll do it. When I went to Mark's, I didn't enjoy listening to him preach on money all the time because I knew eventually I was going to write a big check. I knew that. And I knew eventually Lisa was going to write one. And I knew eventually I wasn't going to get my new gun. But, (laughs) But that's not true. Because ever since that, We've had so much money come in. I bought the gun and had money for ammo. Let me tell you something. God is a good God. And I don't believe in in giving to get. I believe in giving whether it ever comes back or not because God said to give. But God used Mark Hankins' sermons to break selfishness off of me. And you need it too. You need, you need selfishness broke off of you. Your, your marriages are in the mess they're in because you've got selfishness in your life. And you need some sermons that you don't like. Come on now. (coughs) 
I got 20 minutes and I'm not sure where I'm going. I want you to go over to, go over to Matthew right now. Um, let's go ahead and just mess with this thing right now. Y'all want to mess with this money thing? Let's, let's, just, let's just stir it up. Because if someone's preaching on generosity and that bothers you, what is wrong with that picture? Nobody was, you ain't preaching on money, he's preaching on generosity. What you're hearing is that you need to give more. And the truth is you do. God's not going to do anything in this earth financially for you apart from your giving. I don't care. You, you're going to have to get over it. We could go. I mean, I'm not going to go back and talk to you all over again about when I first started. But I'm not where I was when I first started. I make a lot more money than I do now. But like I said, we've got a lot of things we need to do. A person, a preacher talking about money is talking about purpose, not money. Talking about something bigger than you. Talking about a reason for your money. Now listen to this statement Jesus made because this upsets people. I don't know why it does, but it just does. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. You'll either hate one and love the other, or you'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. I told you all ago, 49% of the people that walk in this church don't tithe. Out of those 49%, 25 of them tip. You do not make $200 a week. So when you put a 20 in, you're just irritating yourself. Okay, let's just get honest with you. The reason you do that is, is you're selfish. One more time. You shall know the truth, and the truth is going to make you mad. But the reason you do that is you're selfish. Because there's a world out there bigger than you. And God has blessed you. Now, the reason you also don't come to church more often is that you put your job first. That's the truth. In America today, you mention anything to charismatics, they will tell you, I had to work. And it's a good excuse. But Jesus said, you're not serving God and your money. Now, does that mean you need to be broke? No. It just means you need to get your priorities straight. There's a time for you to go to work. And, and it's not seven days a week. And there's a time when the church doors are open, you get yourself in there. Because God has something he wants to talk to you about. Now, you, now, what you're doing is you're filling up your soil with rocks and dirt and, and junk. You're, you're filling up your heart with junk. And then you're going to come along one day and want to know why the word isn't working. And then you're going to come to me and say, this didn't work. It didn't, you know, it's working real good. Every person in here with a good heart got it. But you and I have to guard our heart. That's the big, what did God tell Adam to do? You guard the garden. 
Your biggest issue of your life is to guard your heart. And you got to watch what's trying to come in it because it's every day. If you're on Facebook, you're hearing garbage all day. And some of it, you need to turn it off. Now, I'm going to tell you all this so you'll know it. If you're my friend on Facebook and you cuss, you're defriended. Now, if you wonder why I haven't said anything about your Facebook, it might be because you're not on it anymore. And I think the rest of you need to have that kind of standard yourself. Tell your friends, I don't, I don't want to hear all your cussing. I don't want to hear your mouth. We're gonna, I'm, I will delete you. Goodbye. I don't have to put up with that. But there's so much crying and whining and fussing and, 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 and hate. You can't have a diet of all of that and then, and then walk into church and go, we just love the Lord. And you've been wanting to kill somebody all day long and you can't get in the presence of God. Hey, there's some bad folks in this nation. And you know what you're going to do about it? All you're going to do is pray. You can vote. You can pray. And you can preach Jesus. But you don't need to be so buried in it, it's eating you up. And killing you and you got all that in your heart. I've had certain people I enjoyed listening to on TV for a short while. And I looked at Lisa one day and I said, that's too much. Turn them off. I can't hear it all the time. Yeah, what they're saying may be true. It is just fighting and bigger and it's not answering anything. It's my heart. When I need prayer answered, I need this thing clean. Are y'all in agreement with that? Yeah. And Jesus told me, he says, if you really want to know what's wrong, it's the soil. You've allowed cares, riches, and pleasures. I love pleasure just like everybody else. But I've taken a lot of stuff and thrown it in the closet and locked the door. Well, I ain't doing that until I get my heart right. If I'm praying and I'm thinking about water skiing... The water ski is gone. Y'all understand this? Well, don't, don't let stuff in there. Anyway, that might be too much. That might be too much for one day for all y'all. Okay. <coughs> what is John 12? I don't have any idea. Is this helping y'all? Oh, Lord, yes, I remember this. We're going to finish on the money thing a little bit. Is that all right? Why, why people want to get all mad about someone having some money? Are you serious? Especially a preacher. Brother, I had somebody come by one time and want to know what I paid for my horse. I told them it was none of their business what I paid for my horse. Well, you, I didn't buy it with your tithe. I bought it with someone else's tithe. <laughs> how much does it cost to feed it? Your business, how much it costs to feed this horse? If it costs me $100,000, don't worry about it. 
Isn't that funny how people are about money? Now I'm going to show you why. Are y'all ready for this? Because it's one of, listen, we have people who come to this church a while and they get on the internet and they get a hold of the anti-faith and prosperity preachers. Sovereignty of God. And they leave because we're, we're a cult. Well, I'm going to show you where the cult is. You ready? You said you ready? John 12, 1. After six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, and he raised from the dead, and they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. And Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. You know how much that, you know how much that oil cost? One year's wages. A lot of money. And she poured it on Jesus' feet. And one of the disciples, comma, Judas, John told who it was, the disciple of love. Boy, you'll think about that. One of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why wasn't this oil sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? And he said it, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the money box, and he used to take what was put in the money box. Oh, I know. Let's stop and talk about money for a minute. When people complain because we're preaching on money, why are you complaining? Crook. We're trying to teach you how to get money. We're trying to teach you how the kingdom works. But what is it you're hearing? You after my money. Walmart's after your money. The gas pump is after your money. The drug companies are after your money. Now, why did he say this? You could have taken that money and given it to the poor. Let me ask you a question. How many poor people do you think on this planet? How many people? Seven, eight billion people on the planet? Did you know if you make $23,000, you're in the top 1% richest people on earth? By, by world standards, everybody in this room, even the ones of you on welfare, are filthy rich. So when he's talking about rich people, the Bible's talking about you. So about the time you want to give up, you think the rich people ought to give up all their money? Well, that would be you. Because in Haiti, they make $20 a month. You want, you want to level this out? And you, this is what you want to level it out? I don't think you really do. Now, I'm going to say something else, and it may make you mad, like I hadn't already. He never told you to go feed the world. He told you to preach the gospel. You preach the gospel in Africa, and they get on fire for God, God will feed them. You don't have to start hospitals in other lands. I don't know. You've been to a hospital lately? A pill? An aspirin's 100 bucks? I think that might be a little bit excessive. And you think that I'm excessive taking up an offering? And you think God put the hospital there to heal you? I think they put him there to kill you. 
I said, I didn't have any stress when I came in, but I left with your bill. I was very stressed out. I'm glad you saved my life, but $130,000 in a week, that's a little excessive. So this story, let's come back here. Why was Judas upset? Because he wasn't getting the money. You're not interested in the poor. You're just interested in you. When you're griping about the prosperity message, you're just interested in yourself. Because if you were interested in other people, you'd rejoice in the prosperity message. Because you would be, oh, I can do that and I can take care of the children's church. Oh, my God, I can take care of the people in Haiti. Oh, my God, I can help Karis Bible trains. Oh, my God, there's so many things I want to do. Teach me some more about this prosperity message. The whole reason Mark preached it was to teach you to be generous. Now, I'm going to tell on him for the ones of you that don't like him. Do you remember me telling the story about going to the hospital? You remember the year he came here and I had gotten out of the hospital? Did you know my hospital bill was $130,000? They lowered it to what, Lisa? Uh, the hospital bill was ninety-eight, and they actually lowered it to $8,000. $8,000. But that was not the doctor. The doctor was well, way above them. That Sunday morning, Mark heard about it took the whole offering he took up here and handed it to me on the way out and paid my bills. And you have a problem with him. He's generous. Let me tell you something. He's more generous than you are. Every trip he makes overseas, he prints the books for free. He brings the Vietnamese pastors from their villages. He pays their way, feeds them, gives them books, and sends them back. And it all comes out of his pocket. He's very generous. And God made him rich because of that. And he wanted to try to teach you how to do that, not make you mad. Let's get it quiet here for a minute. Let's just get quiet. You start talking about money, people go, oh, I'm talking about money, I'm talking about money. The Bible has more to say about money than any other subject. As a matter of fact, you cannot separate your walk with God from your checkbook. You show me your checkbook, and I will show you how you're walking. How you, I, I will show you about your walk with God. What are you spending your money on? The very first test. That Jesus will put you through the day you get born again. I want you to be the Lord of my life. The first thing he'll say is tithe. Why is he? He don't need your money. He's testing you. To find out whether you're selfish or not. Because he's not going to trust you. One more time. He's not going to trust you with big bucks. Until he, until he can trust. If he can't trust you with your tithe, he can't trust you with nothing. And when he gets through with the tithe, he will go to the offering. And when he finishes with the offering, he will talk to you some more. And if he can get you to cooperate, he'll make you rich if he can trust you. You understand that? Now, I'm not even going to tell you what Lisa and I have been writing checks for. 
because it will blow your mind. But I'm glad God got us out of being stingy. But he's also changed our income three different times in the last year. Just changed. And this church is in, our church here, our income here didn't change any. This is all coming outside this church, honey. Do you understand? God had to change me. He has some things he wants to do in us. But he's got to change you first. And you've got to be willing to hear some truth if you want to change. You're praying, oh, God, I need this. Oh, God, I want to pray about this. Oh, God, I need healing in my body. Oh, God. Well, are you willing to have him start doing some stuff in you? Because if you are, then you're going to get your answer. I'm, I'm running out of time. Is this helping y'all or y'all just, or am I just irritating you really bad? So the next time Mark comes, I want y'all to look at him and say, preach on money. Now, I'm not done yet. I'm looking forward to the day when I look at you and say, I need some checks for $10,000. And I want people to jump up and go, I got your back. Here it is. Y'all see that? We got a building to build. And we ain't going to build it if you broke. Now, that may stretch you a little bit. I think some of you need to be stretched a little bit, right? Now, I'm going to tell you something. It's very difficult to have lunch with a guy that hands a waitress a $100 bill after I gave her three. No, I didn't really. I gave, I gave the waitress 20%, and Mark looked at me and said, don't you ever do that again in front of me? And he turned around and put money on top of it and handed it to her, and that's the last he said about, to me about tipping. He said, I used to be a waiter. He said, son, you don't want to do that for a living. He said, now you bless. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You, I like to be around Mark. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't want to be around him all the time. He'll get all over you. I just have to remember to tip big when I'm with him. No, no. Little waitress over here at the catfish house. They know we're preachers. We're having a meeting. Preachers don't tip. Lord have mercy, bunch of tightwads. So every time I always grab two of the preacher's tickets and pay their lunch because they, they ain't never going to grab mine, I'm going to tell you that. And then I put a big fat tip. You ought to look at that girl's tears running down her face and she goes, thank you, pastor. What kind of image do you think she has of Christianity? When I just handed her some money. And she's struggling to make it. But I couldn't do it without a good church. You guys need to hear about some money. You need to get some money. I'm a tired of y'all being broke. Is that fair? All right, I done got on to y'all three times. I'm way old, three. If I do it one more time, I'm out of here. Okay, next Sunday morning, there'll be a lot more grace, okay? <laughs> Father God, thank you. Father God, Lisa and I love this church and we love these people. I would never preach anything to them 
to put them in any kind of condemnation or harm them. But all of us in this room, and we know there's areas of our life, sometimes we're praying, we need to go back and clean the soil up. Cares, riches, pleasure, whatever it is. The word's going to work. It's always going to work. And plant that word in our heart and watch it grow. The greatest desire in my heart is to watch people who pray for healing and get healed. Watch for people who are depressed and get over it. Watch people's marriages that are falling apart and their marriage comes back. That's the greatest joy in my heart. And Father, it's my desire that all of our prayers get answered. And I pray that they heard what I said today and what you said in the Word. And they took it with love because that's how it was preached. You said we would know the truth. Father, I think the way to love someone is to be totally honest with them because you care enough about them to say the things to them they need to hear. My daddy did that and you did that with me. And I love it when you correct me. Don't leave me the way that I am. Father God, I pray as we go home today that we'll leave here and we'll go home knowing that you love us, you care about us. You have our interest at heart and our best days are ahead of us. And that the word of God planted in a heart that's clean will always produce after its kind. We give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless all of y'all. Thank y'all. Y'all so sweet and patient with me. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.